This is Before the Light Goes Out with Catherine Williams. Hello and welcome to Before the Light Goes Out. This evening's guest is Polly Paulsma. She's an English singer-songwriter. She's on the label One Little Independent. Her first album was Scissors in My Pocket. She supported people like Coldplay, Marianne Faithful, Bob Dylan, Jamie Cullum. She's had her own recording label called Wild Sounds. Recently, she's been researching and writing about the links between traditional folk music and Angela Carter. Welcome, Polly Paulsma. Thank you. So we know each other. We'll get this straight first. Pretty much everyone who's going to be on my podcast is going to be people I know pulling in favours. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. So my first question is, how did you sleep last night? Surprisingly well. It was really good last night. It isn't always good. The night before was like being at sea for hours. But last night was brilliant. Thank you for asking. What was the change? I read a beautiful book in bed before I went to sleep by Mary Gauthier. It's called Saved by a Song. It's such an amazing book. And I had half of it left and I just lay in bed and read it. And then didn't really look at my phone. And then I went to sleep. It was great. So it was a no screen thing. Yeah, I think it makes a difference. It's not necessarily the screen. I think it's the agitation of being involved in other people's lives to such an extent right up to the moment you go, okay, it's bedtime, I shut your eyes. And then it's like all this stuff is still going on in your head. It's not good. Yeah, it's like you stare with your with your mind and then the soup of your brain keeps uh, spinning. Like yeah, you. exactly, exactly. So where are you sleeping tonight? In my bed. Where's that? So I've got this amazing bed. I love it. It's a super king. So I've only had it for about a year. It's been an absolute luxury. Me and my long-term, long-suffering partner, husband, had a very small bed for years and years and years that we bought at a department store called Arding and Hobbs in Clapham Junction for a pickled egg and a bag, bag of chips. And about two years ago, we... It was so hard to sleep in it. I think as you get sort of older and sweatier and fatter, you just, you need a bit more space to be able to roll around. <laughs> and um, just our little neat 20-something bed was just not cutting it for 40-something bodies. So, um, yeah, we somebody died and I managed to smash it, or, you know, smash the piggy bank and go and get an, a super king. I feel like. When you said somebody died, I thought you were going to say, so we took their bed. <laughs> no, no. I, but you know, like the life of a musician, you can't buy a new bed when you want to. Like it doesn't work that way. You have to wait for someone to die. <laughs> so somebody died, and we got a boiler and a bed. It's brilliant. You know, the, all the essentials. And then we, but, but with the money left over, I also indulged on wallpaper for our bedroom, which I'd lusted after for for years, ever since watching the Royal Tenenbaums, because it's in the background of Margot's bedroom and bathroom. It's this zebra wallpaper. It's red and it's got these zebras on it. Mm. So tonight I'll be going to sleep in my super king, surrounded by zebras. And just as I'm dropping off to sleep, I sometimes think I can hear them sort of snuffling around. It's really (laughs) wonderful. (laughs) I absolutely love them. It's like being in a Maasai fantasy. I love it. So yeah, not everybody's cup of tea, but I just love it. Well, this brings me on to my next question, which is where is the strangest place you've slept? (laughs) In a dog bed covered by some neck curtain. Oh, there. no, there's another one. And the back of a van in Africa. (laughs) 
<laughs> Slept surprisingly well in both those places. The dog bed was at my uncle's house. It was his 25th wedding anniversary. My uncle Hamish. It, it, I was like, I was probably about 12. And when I got upstairs to go to the bed that I had been allocated, it was full of some moving people. There were lots of older teenagers in my family, lots of cousins. Uh... And I didn't really want to turn the lights on. So, <laughs> so I ran away and the only place I could find to sleep was a dog bed. So I curled <laughs> up in a dog. There were lots of dogs everywhere. Curled up in a dog bed and found a bit of net curtain. I went to sleep and I woke up with lots of tiny little bites. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that wasn't good. Uh, but I also did sleep while traveling in Africa. I, went, I, I hitchhiked across Africa and slept a few times in the back of a van. And actually, I was imagining that the other night. I was remember, not imagining, remembering it. Because the stars were just phenomenal. And going to sleep on the move like that, just staring at stars. It was still It was moving. like an open back truck. Like a truck. We hitchhiked a few times with trucks going overnight. Ah, and so you slept while it was, it was Yeah, going like on sacks like... of potatoes and stuff. It's ridiculous. I mean, how I managed to sleep there, but I couldn't sleep the night before last in my Super King. <laughs> I don't know, but there we are. It's life, isn't it? When you're 17, things are a bit easier. You were 17? Yeah. Was I? Yeah. Oh, 18. 18. And so was it a holiday or was it? It was a gap year. I went off with a rucksack. I, I worked for six months and saved up for the money to do it. And then me and my then boyfriend, we went hitchhiking in Africa. My parents were thrilled, as you can imagine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was great. It was amazing. Five months. Five of, uh, months? Yeah, being vagabonds. I never knew this about you. Mm, it was really good. Do you prefer sleeping alone or with someone? I prefer sleeping with my husband. It's yeah. not a sort of somebody or nobody. It's definitely, it needs to be him. I sleep better with him. And this brings me on to my next question. Spoon, cuddle or space? All of them. <laughs> In that order. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, exactly that order. Spoon, cuddle. And then night, night, roll. <laughs> Clean then, air, yeah. Great. Roll. <laughs> Clean air. <laughs> That's not a great advert. <laughs> so do you sleep through the night? If it's a good one, yeah. It's black hole. It's lovely. Yeah. If it's a bad one, I wake up at three in the morning and start worrying about spreadsheets. Spreadsheets? It's like money. It's things that you need that need organising. It's that kind of anxiety. It's really annoying. It's a complete waste of time at that time of day. You yeah. can't do anything about it. It's just sits there going... And so what do you do to get out of that? I wait. I usually go at five, I drop off again. It doesn't happen very often these days, actually. It's much better than it used to be. I went through a bad patch, but it's better now. So do you work better in the daytime or at night? What's your No, 5am is my sweet spot. So at the moment, I get up at five and I go to bed at about nine. And that is really wonderful. It's not very social, <laughs> but it's really, I feel great for it. So how does that change when you go on tour? I just have to copy and paste the whole thing four hours, five hours later, I guess. <laughs> it's fine. If, you don't, if I don't have to get up, it's just when you have to get up and do family stuff, you know, there's a non-negotiable thing there. And I just, I really need to get stuff done before all that happens. Otherwise you lose. It's like little bits of, what's that white fluff that you get on rivers in the summer? Old man's beard? What's it called? You know, after you've been sleeping and you have all these lovely thoughts and ideas and they're just all floating. And if, for me, if I don't, just have an hour and a half on my own before, eh, you know, the day starts. <laughs> I lose it all. It just all vanishes. It drifts off. 
I just need to just gather up my tufty bits before. I remember you did part of the artist way. Yes, I'm a I'm a very big fan of the artist way, and it's all the morning pages stuff. It's partly that, and it's just playing and noodling, finding time just to sit and piss about, which is hard to justify. I think in a forty something year old average life, we somehow think we are too important to sit around noodling. And, and such an essential part of every, of being an artist, I think, is the am I allowed to swear on this girl? Yeah, fucking to do what you want. Fucking about. Like, it's so underrated. Just the fuck about. Being able to just sit around and fuck about. For no reason. <laughs> just to go, ah, I just want to noodle around with this. It's lovely. Like, it's so underrated. It's so important. Yeah. I think scientists need it as well. Like, expect you know, so many wonderful things happen when somebody who is looking for something else finds something accidentally and goes off down a completely different path. It's that that play, curious, you know, for no reason other than itself. Yeah, if everything is sort of scheduled in, every minute's accounted for, there is no sort of veering off the main road, is there? No, and I'm very... I like a spreadsheet and I like a cage and I like a star chart. I've got that part, that sort of people-pleasing size, which is just really irritating, and I just need to have... And at 5am, nobody else is... It's away. <laughs> You've got the world to yourself because you're a lunatic. <laughs> but when I, um... was, when I was first writing songs, though, that's why I used to stay up through the night. So is it swapped around? Yeah. Has that Same changed principle. for you? Have you always been an early riser? Or... Yeah, what do you do now? Do you, do you stay up late? Do you, when you're in the writing zone, what do you do? Well, I have my little place here. And so when I'm not when I'm not touring, I get the kids off to school and then time is my own. And also now they're older, I can come in and take a few hours here and there or stay in my studio till bedtime or whatever. I find since children, like my creative work is just much more condensed in small bursts. I, uh, I seem to have like sprints of work and then I have a bit of time where that just sits down and then I look at it later and I can assess and edit and stuff and then I do another sprint. But I seem to work really quickly, seems to be my way that I just... And I think just because I practice creating every day, I, I get to the stage where um, I can smell the smell that is the zone that my brain needs to be in where it's not thinking of anything else. And when I sort of have that smell, it's almost like having an episode or something being taken away and I can just go voomph and then out again. Strange. Never used to be like that. I mean, I don't know what I'm doing. I never have. <laughs> no, but that's the joy, isn't it? That's the joy. Well, this is, anyway, this shouldn't be about me chatting on. This is about you. So, quiet or noise when you're in your bedroom don't mean naughty business I mean do you like to read or do you chat can you listen to music to get to sleep or is it podcast or radio no, earplugs if I could invent black hole noise that would be what I'd need for sleep a really just absolute silence see I can't do that now but uh, now I listen I find anything to... else distracting I start following it and then I'm awake <laughs> now I need nothing any black hole mm. there's a part there's a podcast which is like called the boring podcast um, i've heard about this is this the gdpr guy i think or is it that is, somebody yeah, else yeah talking about like car boots and things like that really specific springs and stuff it's quite it's quite good it goes on and strangely <laughs> strangely interesting but then it does make you drift off it's sort of 
I find that I yawn in the first five seconds now. It's almost like subliminal. Have love's dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, <Ding>. you again. <laughs> Springs. <laughs> I'm a massive fan of Columbo. And on a, it's, it's on back to back on a Sunday on 5 USA. If you ever want to have a little snooze on the sofa on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need Columbo. I reckon... <laughs> The brown, beautiful 70s world of Columbo. Oof. That weird walleye. Don't diss my Columbo. <laughs> no, he was great. Part of my childhood. Yeah. He basically raised me. No, I'm joking. Do you ever remember your dreams? Sometimes. Had one that's like reoccurring or something that feels more like a memory? Well, it was a, when I was a child, I had a recurring dream. And I actually wrote about it in a song that I, I made called Story of My Life. It's all about, it was an eye. It was an eye that used to watch me through a crack in the door. And it would just, one minute it would be far away, but watching me through the crack in the door. And then and then I'd be right up close to it. And then it would jump away. And then it would come in again. And it was more like a feet, like you got a feeling in your skin. And that's the thing that I'd remember most about it. The feeling of something being close to you and then far away. You know how you can sense when something's near you? Yeah. But now... I don't necessarily have a recurring dream, but I do dream a lot of that I'm back in the house that Mick and I used to live in when we were first married in London. It was an extraordinary house. It was seven foot seven wide. And whenever I dream that I'm somewhere else, I'm there. It's very odd. And he had a dream about it the other night as well. But it always has a, it's always got a new thing. It's got a trap door and then you discover a new basement or it's got, a, <laughs> I mean, it was only seven foot seven wide. So it really did need an extension or there was a door and you suddenly find a wing that you didn't know existed. Oh, yeah, I do love, we have I a ballroom? <laughs> huh? The... Oh, here's the ballroom. In your gym. <laughs> yeah, it could have just, yeah. You could have just used an extra eight inches, to be honest. <laughs> ballroom, ballroom would have been extravagant. Couldn't, couldn't just... we all? <laughs> But yeah, so it's a place rather than a... I have a recurring place in my dreams. It's amazing that you can go back to places in your dreams, isn't it? And wake up and have that real strong sense that you have been somewhere. Yeah. And I think the sense of a place is so much more than just what it looks like. There is that sense of air, the size of a room. You can feel it on your skin, how big the room is that you're in, you know. Mm. The, sen the way the air moves around you and your ears kind of do that stereo thing of creating a a 360 degree impression for you even if your eyes are closed you can kind of sense if you're in a cave or if you're you know what I mean you get night mm. every every space has that sense of air I and, love uh, you talking do, to you do get that feeling that you've been in that space it's very odd mm. so I can't believe it but we're on to my last question no how, God, how quick is good that questions, good questions. <laughs> <laughs> lastly can you remember a song or lullaby that sent you to sleep or is there a song that you sing to your children? I don't think there is. Were you sung to as a child? Not really, no. I was read to. I've got a very vivid memory of my dad reading me Samuel Whiskers. He used to act all the voices. Anna Maria! Anna Maria! <laughs> oh, it was terrible. It was so scary. <laughs> but really good. You know when you're frightened as a kid but you're loving it? Yeah. Uh, it was, that was great. I loved all the Beatrix Potter books. And there was an amazing fairy tale as well called Long, Broad and Quick Eye, which was in the Andrew Lang fairy books. It had amazing pictures. So I've got memories of those things, but no, I wasn't. Oh, no, no, he did sing something. He did. Crap. Forgot about that. Daisy, Daisy, give me your answer. Do It wasn't necessarily a lullaby. He used to sing it at bedtime. 
Oh, yeah. oh, that's nice that that's just popped up. Yeah, I forgot about that. I didn't you... really understand what carriage and tandem and you know, all the words that are associated with that song. When you're little, you don't necessarily know what they all are. Did you sing to your kids when they were little? We used to make up songs for them. So there was we had a special song for bath time. I'm not going to repeat them because now they're teenagers. They'll be so embarrassed, Mum. We made up lots of songs for them. So that was fun. What song would you like to fall asleep to? I can't fall asleep to songs. I'm just too piqued by them. It's like music. I can't listen to music, background music. I can't listen to music while I'm trying to work. I can't, it just, my, it's like golden little hooks just come and I can't, I, I just have to listen. That's why I hate it on yoga tapes. <laughs> when they start bloody doing the mute, you know, they suddenly get the boing, boing, boing. And I'm like, no, don't, because I can't breathe into my downward dog with all that going on. I want to. <laughs> I want to listen to it. I start thinking, oh, is it at a one and a five and a four? It's like, no, this is not relaxing. <laughs> they don't think about musicians trying to do yoga. It's not fair. No, I'm oh, saying. So I find it too interesting. This is the problem. So no, nothing. Just maybe seascape. I could do noises of the sea. Yeah. Not even whales. They're too interesting. But just um, shingle. The noise of, of a <laughs> wave fizzing through shingle would be fine. <laughs> Can I have that, please? Well, if I'm ever in a restaurant, it is literally like my face being pulled two ways because someone will be talking to me. I'll hear the music. It's like being sucked backwards towards the music while going, no, no, there's a human talking to you. Please concentrate (laughs) on that human. Yeah, so I do understand. It's flown by and I hope that you have as beautiful and restful a sleep as you did last night in your beautiful king-size bed. And I'd just like to say thank you for coming on the show, Polly Paulsma. Thank you for having me.